My my perspective in life has always been to be, you know, looking forward, looking out, um, what, what's around me, um, how can I make changes for the better. Um, and I was fortunate that when I moved from the state commission to the law firm and then from the law firm to in-house corporation, I was recruited both of those times. Um, I had developed an expertise in areas that the firm wanted and then the expertise that the client corporation wanted. They were different decisions, but I always wanted to, again, move forward, take a challenge. Um, and those are huge changes when you go from government to a, a large law firm or even a smaller law firm and then go from there to in-house counsel. Very, very significant changes. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios. Hi, this is Brett, and with me as always is Carol. We have another special guest with us today, Judge Mary K. Ryan Fenlon, newly elected to the Franklin County Municipal Court, is here to discuss her career journey, as well as the value and impact we can all make by our willingness to devote our time and talent to our community. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, Judge uh, Fenlon was born and raised in Columbus, has been practicing attorney for over 30 years. Her legal career has spanned many different opportunities, including private practice, government, and corporate law. Judge Fenlon has also been a mentor to young lawyers and given back to her community through volunteer work for the Columbus Legal Aid Society's TAP program and Franklin County Court's Juvenile Justice Restoration Program. Now, Judge Fenlon also founded a nonprofit called Rock and Roll Over Brain Cancer, which raises funding for the Ohio State University's James Cancer Hospital to support their research on this dreaded disease. Judge Fenlon graduated from the Ohio State University with a bachelor's in criminology, and her JD is from Capital University Law School. Judge Fenlon, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank it's, you for having me. Sure. It's good to see you. And I, before I forget to tell you, I have to tell you hello from Dr. Scott at Ohio State's Criminology oh, Program. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a long time ago. I, I called him and I said, wasn't she one of your students? He said, yes. So there you go. So, you know... Uh, Listeners, it's a small world in Columbus. Yeah. We all know each other some way, somehow. Um, and so uh, this was a great opportunity to ask Judge Fenlon to join us and talk about her career journey. Um, her story is like many others of those of us who have decided to look at different career paths over time. And we wanted to, to really capture all that she's been doing. So we thank you again for your willingness to join us. Um, our goal today is to discover sort of the excitement and awesomeness of a career journey. People get afraid. Um, they don't want to retire because they don't know what they're going to do. Or they hear the horror stories yeah. of someone that didn't know and they like died the next year. Yeah, oh, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know. We aren't going there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we we want to talk about those career journeys in terms of how it fulfills you as a person, regardless of your age, regardless of where you are in that process. Um, but also to talk about giving back to our communities. We this is an important message, one that I like to talk about a lot. So first and foremost, let's talk about your history and your story and how did the legal professions pop up in your head as a kid? Oh, gosh. Um, well, my goal uh, began at a very early age. Uh, I wanted to be successful and independent. And I wanted to be just like my mother. 
a mother of five. Yes. Um, I only have two, but um, she was very successful, independent, and she still is very successful and independent at the age of 88. But I'm the only girl of the five uh, with no sisters and, you know, kind of um, being a wanting to be a tomboy. Uh, I learned very quickly how to speak up and speak out. Drove my dad nuts. <laughs> um, and, you know, when when you don't have a sister and you kind of have to just be, you know, um, kind of another man in the house, you, you learn to become very independent, and I did. I was around many lawyers also growing up. Uh, my parents were involved in politics, and they knew a lot of judges um, and other members of, of the bar. And so um, I th- I, you know, was aware of the flexibility and that, you know, some judges went on to government service, some judges went into private practice. I'm sorry, lawyers went into private practice, and then others, you know, would ultimately, you know, get, become an elected official, whether that be a judge or not. So I thought, oh, that, that gives you a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like that. Um, and then I also that saw them all being involved in the community, whether that be, you know, trying to get your client base or just committing, you know, to the community, being involved in the community. So I thought that would be, you know, being a lawyer was, you know, the best way to get there. Well, and I'm an only child, but I am one of 14 first cousins, all men, except uh <sighs> One older cousin, female, nine years older, and the wow. baby of the family was nine years younger. So I was right in the middle. And uh, boy, if you didn't stand up for yourself, that's nobody right. Would. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you that's know, right. we've all heard that moving into a legal career is not easy. Uh, besides the rigor of law school and passing the bar exam, which is certainly one of the most difficult, you often have to excel in a large firm where sleep deprivation is kind of the norm. Uh, Many lawyers begin at the bottom of the pile of new recruits striving to make their mark. Tell us about those early years in the legal field and and the pain of billable hours and the intricacies of really learning the law. Well, my my start was in government practice, government service, and I worked – um, first in law school with as an intern with the county prosecutor and then the attorney general's office in a couple different sections and then had a wonderful opportunity to go to a state commission, um, that being the Public Utilities Commission. And um, I heard about billable hours from uh, actually one of my best friends who went to a, a large law firm. I heard how horrible they were. Um, but, and, you know, of course, I felt fortunate that I didn't have to capture those billable hours, but I worked as just as long hours as they did. <laughs> now, that's not standard. It, it was a very unique situation. There was a lot going on in the utility industry at the time. People wanted to um, get in there and compete both in the uh, the electric and the telecommunications market. So, I was right in the middle of it, you know, the Telecom Act, and and all of a sudden I was becoming really the expert in telecommunications. Mm -hmm. I was managing nine other attorneys and writing the rules and regulations. Ohio was at the forefront, and we were doing, you know, know, massive um, litigation. And so I was working over 70 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very difficult. I was very fortunate, though, 
Um, you know, while my kids were small, my husband was very committed to in my practice at the time, and we had that flexibility. But, um, you know, I soon became aware of what it was like to be at the law firm because from there, after nine years at the commission, I was recruited away to a large law firm here in Columbus. And while I was um, brought in as, as, as a partner, I still had to a little bit lower billable hours, <laughs> but still had to fill out that form every you know Friday afternoon as to what I did all week. So didn't start at the bottom, um, but I certainly am very aware and, and saw a lot more women coming into the firm too and, and struggling with you know the child care issue and right. you know those long hours. So and and their you know husbands or partners you know didn't necessarily have the flexibility that my husband did. Well, you know, it uh, young professionals have to put in hours, whether they're billable or not. Right. Um, but the one thing I always used to tell my students who are interested in law school is what an incredible educational opportunity because you're of you're increasing your ability to learn. You're increasing your ability to analyze and understand language, and not just the law itself, but language, and um, that you never had to litigate. You never had to really go into court, but that whole experience is an incredible opportunity to really excel. Oh, absolutely. Um, unfortunate. It is very unfortunate that it has to cost so much. Oh, absolutely. Because I think it would be a great benefit for many executives and corporations mm -hmm. to, to go through that. Just as you said, the whole um, analytical aspect of it and, and logic involved. Right, right, yeah. right industry or second career. Um, so an example would be a civil engineer who has decided they're done with being a civil engineer, but they want to become a math teacher. And so they're really using their skills, but moving into a whole new industry. You followed a career into many different areas, that same skill level that you've brought from one area to another, but and, and had law as your underpinning, but it's really been in different scenarios private practice versus government versus corporate. Tell us a little bit about some of the differences in those areas. Yeah, um, well, I, I told you about my experience early on at the State Commission, and that was a very unique opportunity where I developed um, the expertise in te te telecommunications and, and regulatory law overall. When you start in government, you're thrown in right away, uh, quick to learn the law, because they don't have the huge budgets that the right. big corporations and law firms have. So fewer attorneys and a lot of work. So um, you have to get get to the top quickly. Uh, you don't wait for a partner to drop something on your desk like you do at a big law firm. And that was definitely a plus in starting with government. And then my Private practice experience at the large law firm was ideal. I got to travel. I got to entertain clients. It was very prestigious. We did um, a lot of dedicated to pro bono work in the community. Uh, I served on the hiring committee, pro bono committee, uh, and I got to sit at the table with the founding founder, founding um, partners of, of the firm. And so it was a perfect situation. Um, Mr. Um, Porter and I had a client up in Canada, and we 
got to travel to Canada. Oh, very cool. Of course, he didn't like to spend the night. So it, one day trips back and forth oh up to, to visit with our client up in Canada. So they were long days. But um, so, you know, it was a perfect situation. But then, um, fortunate again, I worked on a merger and acquisition, and then all of a sudden my client wanted to take me in-house. And so I got to go to a a, big corporation, and that practice was a unique experience as well. Uh, Took me all over the country. um, It was AT&T. And I then, over time, I was there for 18 years. Over time, I had clients that were global. Now, I didn't travel, but um, had to, you know, deal with – you know, different time zones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was interesting. Got to know very me- a lot of women from India were attorneys. And that was really interesting um, to meet and get to know them. And so that law department, when I first started, was 500 plus attorneys. By the time I left, it was over 900. And so what was nice about it, though, is that there were different departments and you could at any point in time say, you know what, I want to move from regulatory to litigation or, okay, I've gotten some litigation experience. Now I want to move on to business practice. And a lot of times that had to do with where the corporation was looking at, you know, what what the activity was in in the market that Mm -hmm. was driving necessary, you know, funds going to different departments. So, um, you know, I really got to know the clients because they were downstairs, or upstairs, right. you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're at a law firm, your client may be, you know, uh, down the down the road or um, even a different the city. Country. Yeah, right, right. So um, it, it was really great to get to know uh, the clients, and you became a part of, of that whole uh, corporate culture and got to network with a lot of other professionals, not just attorneys. You got to know the engineers and the CPAs and and the other um, executives in the firm. So um, I, I felt very close um, to those clients, but I never felt like I was doing much for my community. You know, my my the network spanned um, beyond Columbus, you know, Mm -hmm. I started kind of missing Columbus and even Ohio, Um, you know, fewer and fewer people of the company were located in Ohio and they were going down to Texas where the corporate headquarters were or out to LA where the production work was going on. So kind of, you know, miss that connection that you get when you work for the government. Right. You know, one of the things that this sort of hit me while, as you were talking about the notion of you were, you had come up with a specialty when you were in private practice in doing the utilities and then ended up with a utility company. Um, a lot of times when I would talk to clients who are looking at potentially retiring or going into some other career field, they felt like they had been stuck. They only knew one piece of something and didn't see how they could bring that out into a larger venue or into a different venue. And and really what you're showing us is this is a great example. You may know a whole lot about utility law, but that, those experiences allowed you to expand that into other areas. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, were there situations which led you to make those career changes? I mean, was it, or was it uh, simply an interest in a new area? Uh, what, what what gave you that itch? I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it, there was never an itch. There was uh, my my perspective in life has always been to be you know looking forward, looking out, um, what what's around me, um, how can I make changes for the better. Um, and I was fortunate that when I moved from the state commission to the law firm and then from the law firm to in-house corporation, I was recruited both of those times. Um, I had developed an expertise in areas that the firm wanted and then the expertise that the client corporation wanted. Um, they were different decisions, but I always wanted to, again, move forward, take a challenge um, and those are huge changes when you go from government to a, a large law firm or even a smaller law firm and then go from there to in-house counsel. Very, very significant changes. So I, you know, instead of always wanting to climb the ladder up, 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 I was kind of going out, 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 mm -hmm. out, out into other fields. And so... Again, um, I just wanted to always keep moving forward. Were you unique in that situation then? Did you, did you see other people do mm. that or? I, 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 I have one friend out there and you're not going to believe this, but she also has four brothers. <laughs> so it's and really she, four brothers that we does start, it. <laughs> we started, started the same place. She went off to a firm, then she went in-house. It, it, it's it's interesting. Again, huh. I think it's just the independence. Mm -hmm. um, but and that other people, you know, maybe their mother or father were at a large firm. They think that's that's where I need to be. Yeah. Well, again, my parents weren't lawyers. Now, my grandfather, my dad's father, went to law school, and he was a pharmacist, but went to night school, you know, down at the Y. Great story. Oh, no, another gosh. Another day. <laughs> yes. But um, – uh, no, so I didn't see a lot of it. Not a lot of close friends. They've they've moved around a bit, but I wouldn't say they've taken these, you know, huge, huge uh, chances. So you're kind of saying you're listening to yourself, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Hear yes. that inner voice. Yes. And answer it. Yep. Yes or no. But and, but in, but but listen. And you can't fail. What's the harm? Right. You know, yeah. if. if the firm doesn't like me. Oh gosh, I know where they're desperate for <laughs> for another lawyer. Right, you know, right. I always always thought that. You know, what's the harm? Right. What is the harm? Right. So. Well, and I think too, it's interesting because over time, through different economies, people have different perspectives on how you move forward in in yeah. your career. So right now, people are dropping out. I mean, did we ever think we would see an economy where people were purposely quitting jobs without having a job to go to? I never thought I'd I could see imagine. that. No, but but I I understand what you're saying in terms of it's not so much to only have that upward projection, but really to see how you are increasing your network, increasing your span. Um, that may be up. It may be lateral. It may be down a little bit. You never Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You never There's know. Times for that as well. But it's, yeah, very good. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so kind of connected to this is my next question. Family and friends talk about changing careers, but they think their opportunities have diminish, diminished. Um, it is evident that women, uh, for women, opportunities are usually far and um, fewer. 
that there was actually an article that I'm going to be putting up our website mm-hmm. on issues about women, um, opportunities for women, particularly during the pandemic because of childcare. Things mm-hmm. are drying up. As you moved through your various career steps, did you encounter limitations? And how can women learn to move through difficulties or win over those challenges? And I think you kind of pointed this out. It doesn't always have to be up. It can be moving across. That's right. I I never felt isolated as a woman attorney or, ne- or necessarily sought out mentorship from just other women attorneys. I certainly have women mentors, but... I just wanted to stand up for myself, again, going back to the four brothers. Um, but also, um, I look back on when I was in law school, and and, and Capitol had, um, oh gosh, it was less than 20% women at the time in my class, but I was elected Student Bar Association president. And again, I just, you know, was very positive, um, very confident in myself, and uh, so maybe that's where it started. I, I, I don't know. But um, I sought mem- me- uh, mentorship from males, um, especially at the law firm. I just um, came to know them for who they are. And, you know, I didn't play golf with them, but, you know, we talked golf or, you know, we talked mm-hmm. sports. And, of course, you know, I had two boys and, and then, of course, brothers. So I was able to talk, you know, the sports, that type of thing. So. Um, I didn't just seek out the the women there, and I think that really helped me, and that was a key to my success. Um, I think the greatest barrier for women at the time when I first started were hours and the need for child care, and I was fortunate that, as I said, I had a husband who was very supportive and other family members who helped us out if I had to work on a weekend or whatever. So um, there are, you know, various opportunities for women now, more child care options, work from home options, even part time options. Um, Zoom has become very popular and acceptable as well. So I think women need to be creative. Mm -hmm. They need to understand what works for them, um, be a little creative, um, try working at home um, or, you know, try to to do some uh, time sharing. Um, And again, in order to win, you just need to be flexible. Mm -hmm. Do you do you think um, you and I have a little bit commonality and background in schools and and, uh, locations in Columbus where we grew up? I was really lucky to have female role models young. So that as I got into grad school, my mentors were male, but I was comfortable with that because mm-hmm. I had already had women as role models and mentors. I, I don't know if that's yeah. I get, mean, I mean be, we're we're going to give a shout out to your mom because we have to. Yeah, she's an incredible mentor. Yes, and so I think you know you were blessed with that. Yeah, certainly my mom, um, who. Um, was a city councilwoman um, at a very young age for me. Um, I held the Bible when she was sworn in. I was in fourth grade, uh, so she was very young. Again, young mother of five. So yeah, I I saw her, um, but just you know, I saw the the struggles, but I also 
You know, if somebody said something negative, she'd just move on. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing nothing brought her down. So I, I learned that, too, is that, good, good, is good that you know, you just have to stay focused and, as you you know, look forward to what's coming and know what's around you and uh, be confident. You mentioned um, having a, a partner who um, is there for you, mm-hmm. understanding the journey. Yeah. How do you, how, what advice would you give on that encore career that, that, that conversation that may have to be had to the partner going, I'm looking at doing this? Oh my gosh. You know, and, yeah. and it, it may be just like, really? Okay. What, what advice would you give? Now, I'm not saying you had mm-hmm. the conversation, but I'm sure oh, you've been I did. around. I maybe did. You did. Maybe you did. Yeah. But, but it's one of those, how do you, because I think that's a very legitimate question mm-hmm. when you're looking at Encore Career that somebody is going to change and all of a sudden, yeah, I may be away for a while or I need your support in this because this is not going to bring income in for a while. We right. still need it. <clears throat> well, um, so I, as I said, I left um, AT&T moment I was able to, um, which was 18 years, because I wanted to do other things. Mm -hmm. And it was a great opportunity. I I was very blessed. Uh, And so I was doing pro bono work. I started a mediation company. I was volunteering in the food banks. I just did so many. Well, of course, and I have my nonprofit that I wanted to spend Mm -hmm. some more time Mm -hmm. and focus on. And I, you know, for almost a couple years, you know, my husband thought, oh, this is great. She's home a little bit more, but she's kind of out of my way. And my husband had been retired for quite a few more years. And so um, one day, yes, I think it was, um, um, you know, during COVID, we didn't go to church. So we were watching a, a sermon on TV and I I just turned to him afterwards and I said, I really, really want to run for judge. Yeah, there <laughs> Will you, you support me? <laughs> And his so guys got really big. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Timing was everything. I had to get him in the right mood. But, um, so I knew I was going to need him, yeah. you know, and just, you know, being a, a little bit older and wiser, and I knew that I was going to need somebody else. So it was definitely something I couldn't do by, all by myself. Right. Yeah, so of course I have family and of course my mom helping, but I really needed my husband to support me on that. And right. and and it would have been very unfair to just go and start collecting signatures on a petition or screen with, you know, different entities right. and, and wait and see what happened and then <laughs> tell them. No. 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 Yeah. no. We started very uh, it was almost a year in advance. I gave him yeah. heads up. Oh, wow. This is what I want to do. This so. is this is when you finally found out the advantage of four brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Well, uh, as you look back, do you see opportunities you took advantage of that prepared you for those career changes? I mean, the connections you made or even the learning experiences. You did allude to that a little bit, though, too, um, or even cases and projects you took on. And even suggestions for those you know longer, younger lawyers who are beginning their careers to seize those moments, I guess you could say, of knowing like, oh, I need to take advantage of that because it could, whether it helps me today or in 10 years. Right, right. Um, personally, I was always very committed to doing pro bono work, and I did that even when I was um, first in government service shortly after starting at the state. Um, 
And I was very involved in my kids, um, you know, parent-teacher organizations and, um, you know, um, parent uh, sports events and raising money and other community projects, you know, our neighborhood block party and neighborhood um, community resource center. So there was always something that I was involved in. Uh, involved in politics, you know, kind of a, a, not in full force, but got to know the elected officials, whether they, whatever side of the fence they were on, just to, so that I would understand the the public issues, you know, were there schools, was it libraries, was it crime, was it guns, what, you know, moms against violence, etc. So I was very conscious of what was going on. And then, on, you know, when it came to legal issues, substantively, um, I, as we talked earlier, I'd become an expert in a field. Um, so you develop a, a confidence and a positive and, um, uh, you know, uh, a great um, listener um, when it came to what legislators wanted to do with an issue, what lobbyists wanted to do with an issue, you know, you just, you just develop um, that well-rounded understanding of your issues. So um, my suggestion to young to young lawyers was to is to first get involved in your community, and if you have young kids, you know, just get to know the parents in the school and and or your preschool teachers, or you know, just understand what all the issues are surrounding that. And then um, you can start developing a client base and become, you know, a good lawyer. Um, and I also would suggest don't say, okay, I'm going to practice X, you know. that. Now, there are some engineers who go to school, you know, 20 years later and um, either as a career course or, you know, to move up in their um, company. Yeah, you can say, okay, I'm going to get into, you know, engineering um, for their law career. But um, a lot of people, I think, make a mistake to say, you know, I, I just, I just want to do criminal law or I just want to do, um, you know, um, trust funds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big mistake. I think you can, should develop re- different relationships and interests um, as you are young and meeting people in the community. Um, try to get on boards and volunteer with different organizations, get involved with your alumni organizations, and then certainly get involved in bar association committees. Great way to meet people. Um, and a, a quote I often use, and I used it on my campaign trail from Eleanor Roosevelt, was, um, I gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience. I stop and I look fear in the face and say to myself, I've lived through this and can take the next thing that comes along. We must do the things that we think that we cannot do. And I think that's always how how I've looked. I've taken on the challenges of moving from, you know, the different legal organizations that I have and then, you know, come back 360 to now being a judge. You know, I think um, I'm always amazed at young folks who are so narrowly focused um, that they don't see how experiences outside of their daily schedule is of worth to them. And um, I always told students in high school, uh, there is nothing that I learned in high school or college that I haven't come back to use. Even though I hated high school chemistry, 
I used high school chemistry when I was working before I started graduate school. Uh, for my employer who needed, it was a plastics packaging firm. They needed a chemist to talk about this particular thing. And I knew enough high school <laughs> chemistry that I could make sense. And and I guess that notion of, I'm also a firm believer in lifelong learning, but lifelong learning is not just getting another degree or taking a class or taking a workshop or even a conference. It's having a greater understanding of what's going on around you. And that could be just in a new position or learning um, more of what's going on in your company. It, it, it could take on uh, a huge role. Right, right. And, and a lot of corporations get involved in their communities now. Right. And, um, you know, whether that be pro bono work for lawyers or um, getting, you know, involved in a in a food bank or blood drive or whatever right. it is. But every day you can make a difference in your personal life and your career. Right. And again, I, keep your eyes open. Yes. And I, I to go back to that, the comment you made about uh, know the preschool teacher. The, the, the issues that preschool teacher has are much bigger than what you've read in the newspaper. Right. And they're much, there's much, there's more diverse than what you've read in the newspaper. It's not just low pay and long hours. There's That's lots right. and lots of stuff involved. And the only way you're going to learn that is to talk to people. That's right. And, right. and learn what's important to them. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, one of the topics that I love to spend time on is to encourage our young people to consider working in public service. Um, often parents encourage kids to only pursue high salaries and benefits in a private corporate environment. Public service um, will certainly not make anyone necessarily rich, but the downside uh, is it's it's nothing compared to what the opportunities are in front of you. Um, you you look as an elected official, yeah, you're living in a bubble now, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but. There, there's so much more that can be gained. Our democracy, community, and our nation cannot fulfill its mission without people who are willing to do the public's work. Your thoughts? That's right. Uh, government employees work to enhance the lives of people in our cities, our counties, our states, the U.S., and, uh, of course, now around the world, mm -hmm. as we're so aware of. Um, service in government provides satisfaction um, it really does, and it certainly guarantees fabulous health and retirement benefits that uh, are missing often in private practice. You know, a lot of um, people who are on their own have out outrageous um, insurance, um, malpractice insurance, and and health benefits. And there there is definitely um, you know some um, great people working out there to make sure that you your health care your daily lives, your children, and yourself well taken care of um, when you retire. So uh, working in government is definitely more interesting, challenging, and uh, more groundbreaking than many people realize. Things happen, you know, right away and oh, sometimes absolutely. yesterday. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then you hear about it maybe when um, they call you and want to hire you. And that's, you know, often sometimes too late. So I really felt like I was on top of the issues when when I was in government service and, of course, now as the judge. Um, 
but you you can do work similar um, what you might do in private sector only on a grander scale and with a greater impact. Um, government offers excellent training development opportunities, which it did when I was at the Public Utilities Commission. Um, it was just uh, a, a fabulous um, resource. Uh, where I learned, um, you know, a lot of people learn different utilities, but of course, telecommunications was at the peak right then because mm -hmm. of the Telecom Act passing when I was there. Uh, but many agencies use individual development plans to help you plan your short and long-term career go goals when you're in the government because they want to keep you. And I know how important that is today as, as I am a judge. Now, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. I'm a newbie. But what I hear in our judges' meetings is how difficult it is as a court system to keep probation officers, to keep the clerks, mm -hmm. people in the clerk's office, and they they just they they don't feel like they're able to move up that ladder. And so we're looking at you know um, empowering these employees with additional training and and opening up doors that they wouldn't otherwise right. have. And you've you you know got to put a lot of resources in, in keeping your people. And I think the government um, is definitely doing that. So, um, you know, I've made a full circle um, starting in government and now ending up back in government. And I feel good about my decision um, making a positive impact. And I, and I would encourage any young person to, it's a great place to start and or Older people who are looking at a career opportunity mm. is a great place to end your career. Exactly. You know, um, people don't believe that you can have incredible opportunities because, unfortunately, oftentimes their parents or other individuals that they listen to um, only know of government workers as them or mm. that person on the phone or the person who wouldn't answer the phone or the person who gave me the wrong information, you know, sort of that customer service, that kind of thing. When I started working for the state, I was 27, 28, and almost immediately became the, the project director for a $20 million computer conversion program that would affect every employer in the state of Ohio. Did I know what uh, I was doing? <laughs> Heck no. no. <laughs> Did I learn? Yes. Yep, <laughs> Very yep. quickly Very because quickly. I had no choice. You know, and, and that's really... Um, and and the, the program came in under budget on time. Excellent. So that's all I can say is that it worked. But yeah. people have such a negative feeling about government today. They're not going to encourage their kids to do it. Well, I, again, I go back to the retirement that government has. And so many corporations have gone away from uh, pension plans and, you know, you're forced to save on your own, no matching funds or anything. So government truly does have a great, you know, pension or retirement mm -hmm. system. So um, definite pluses. And, and I think the more education that en entities do, and, you know, for example, the, the sheriff's office is, is recruiting officers. You know, they're doing com running commercials yes. now. Yes. And I'm like, that's excellent. What a great way to bring the recruiting literally to the kitchen table and that's the way it should be you should be we you know, right. the government should be advertising how wonderful an opportunity is and how open that door is to applicants 
Because I'm guessing that people have assumptions on who they're looking for, Mm -hmm. and that commercial lays it out. We want people who care about other people. That's right. It's not whether you're ex-military or ex-law enforcement someplace else or that you're older or younger Mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, that's, uh, yeah, so interesting. You know, I think um, I have a young cousin who works for Franklin County Children's Services. And I'm giving a shout out to Mackenzie because Mm -hmm. she is doing a phenomenal job in a job that very few people would want to do, let alone could do. Um, And uh, working with uh, children whose families are going through trauma, working with children who have been sexually abused. And uh, it's just not easy, but... As hard as it is, when she talks about it, her eyes light up because she knows she's making a difference. And I think that's really a message, too, that to young folks who aren't really sure what you want to do, here's an opportunity to learn to do something and to make a difference in your world every day. That's right. We've come kind of full circle already. (laughs) This conversation went way too quickly. I'm trying to, my my mind is reeling, needless to say. (laughs) Um, We always provide our guests looking at new careers, taking advantage of moving into a new career, um, and also just getting folks to think about public service as a career option. Any suggestions you have for our listeners today? Well, um, there will always be bumps in the road, um, but keep moving forward. As I've said several times, uh, whether you're slowed down by raising children or dealing with health issues or now helping with your aging parents, stay focused and confident and don't be afraid to try new things and do the things you don't think that you can do. Absolutely. And you will succeed. Absolutely. We want to say many thanks to Judge Mary Kay Ryan Fenland for joining us today. Listeners, you know, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to check out our show notes for resources discussed today on our website. And in the podcast show notes, the website is lookingforwardourway.com. We we are looking forward to hearing your feedback on this and any other podcast episodes that we have. 